Well, good evening, everybody. The snow has come. And of course, of course, the water heater at the rectory went out today, right? I took the coldest shower of my life. I probably deserved it. <laughs> but no, I think, I think the sudden change in season should help our hearts to look forward a little bit, even though it's a little early. Uh, but we have so many things coming in November. We have All Saints Day, All Souls Day, Thanksgiving, and then Advent begins at the end of the month. So prepare your hearts, right? Open them to be able to receive all the good things that the Lord has for you. Before we get into the gospel today, I want to recount a story from a book called Church of Spies. Um, I'm a history major. My focus was World War II, so I love this area of history. Um, and this is a really good book. It's about the resistance of the Vatican to Nazi Germany and how Pope Pius XII was involved in undermining Hitler. It's fascinating, absolutely fascinating. And I, I highly recommend it, popular history, so it's super accessible. And more importantly, it's super fair to the Catholic Church, which, as we know, is very rare in modern society. And one of the main storylines from this book focuses on this man named Josef Mueller. Um, he must have been a barrel-chested guy because his nickname was Joey Ox. Uh, and he was an incredibly faithful man who worked closely with the Pope to give correspondence between the resistance in Germany and the Vatican, right? So he's fighting for the resistance. And in the midst of all of this, uh, he's actually captured by the Nazis, and, and they know who he was, they knew what he did, uh, and so he's brought to trial before this group of Nazi judges, right? And these trials, of course, were totally unfair, right? Because there's zero defense and all accusation. So it's pretty much just him standing in front of people who hate him. And at one point, the leading judge at this trial, he screams at Mueller, Nazism and Christianity have only one thing in common. They both require the entire man. Now, Mueller miraculously survives the war, right? And he's, he's, he was to be executed as a prisoner at the very end of the war as the Nazis were covering their tracks. But then the American Fifth Army breaks through and liberates his prison camp. So the Lord was good to him. But I'm fascinated by what this judge said to Mueller. Nazism and Christianity have only one thing in common. They both require the whole man. Because despite being a Nazi, this guy is dead on. He's telling the truth. And while nowadays it doesn't apply to Nazism, hopefully, he's hitting on a general principle. And that principle is this. The things that you give yourself to, you will end up worshiping. The things that you give yourself to, you will end up worshiping. And this is because humanity is religious in nature, right? It's written on every human heart to worship God. And we see this 
from the creation of man. Uh, the ancient religions worshipped something. They were searching for the divine. We see that in Hinduism, in Greek polytheism, the Romans and the, and the religions of the Far East and Asia. Man is made to worship God. And God has revealed himself to man throughout history, through the Israelites, through scripture, the church, and principally in the person of Jesus Christ. And because of this, we know who he is, and we know how to properly worship him in the Holy Mass. But brothers and sisters, humanity still makes other things their God. Still a reality, right? Idolatry still exists in the world today. And many will argue that the things that they give themselves to aren't religious in nature. But the human heart and the way that these things are carried out in practice beg to differ on a fundamental level. Many people will worship politics and ideology. And the most extreme of them will fight and destroy reputations for those things. Many people worship their own image. And I think your generation, this is a huge issue, right? Remember last week when we read about Caesar's image on a coin? Many people will worship relationships, right? Putting a mere human in the place of God, which is totally unfair for that person. Then, of course, because we're in Montana, many people worship nature, right? They go for hikes and rides. They call it church in its own right. But they worship beauty and not God himself. So we end up a lot of times worship, worshiping vestiges of God, signs of his existence, but not the actual creator, the actual person who made them all. And this list, this list of idolatry, it goes on and on and on and on. Because as I said, the things that we give ourselves to, we end up worshiping. So what are we supposed to do? right? Because in every human life, there's probably something that needs to be detached from. Well, we need to turn our hearts to the words that Christ speaks in today's gospel. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Now, this is a foundational spiritual command that remains true in both the Old and the New Covenant, right? God teaches humanity through history what this love that Jesus is talking about actually is and how it's to be lived out. And he does it through his Son, Jesus Christ. He shows us by his own love for humanity, by becoming one of us, by giving his whole heart to us in his life and in his death on the cross. This is how he teaches us to live and what to love and how to love. So much so that he remains here right now with us in the Holy Eucharist. 
the entirety of his person. Veiled in bread and wine so that he could be with us. In Christ giving his entire self to humanity, he's asking us to give our entire selves to him. That we may find not only what our hearts are looking for, but that we may find the very thing that we're made for. In our hearts, brothers and sisters, they're made for God. They're made for love. They're made for the creator. We're not made for cheap, unfulfilling things. Like politics, ideology, self-image, finite, worldly things. You, You will never be satisfied with those if you make them your God. I promise you that. No, we're made for eternal life and communion with a God who loves us. And I know for a fact that every single heart here has experienced a desire for the infinite. Because if you haven't, you can't call yourself a human. And that's what you all are. And this points to the truth that we're made for the eternal. If we can, with the help of grace, put all the worldly things that that we kind of worship, that are idols in our lives, in their place. And yes, some of them have no place in our hearts. But if we, if we put these things in our place and we allow God to reign supreme in our lives, then your heart will be full. Then your heart will be full. Then we'll stop chasing the passing things of this world and we'll finally be able to rest in the one who we're made for. But this begins with humility, brothers and sisters. We have to hold in tension the desire to love God with all our hearts, souls, and minds and the inability to actually do that on your own. This isn't some perfectionistic idea of white-knuckling it through until we arrive at a comfortable place. No, this is laying down our whole lives. And I mean everything. The pain, the sin, the disorder, the joy, the love, all of it. Holding nothing back. If we can do this, then we've already begun to give our whole heart, soul, and mind. But we have to be patient patient with ourselves, and patient with God as he molds and shapes our heart to be his own. It's a constant letting go, a constant detachment, so that we can actually heal and become capable of giving back to God a heart that is made pure. And that pure heart is our truest selves. And we give it back to him in the same way that he gave us the heart of his only begotten son. So lay it down. Give your whole self to God and worship him alone. And in due time, God will raise you up. My prayer for all of us here is this, that in our own way, 
with all the circumstances of our lives, that we can say with St. Therese of Lisieux, I don't want to be a saint by halves. I fear only one thing, to keep my own will. So take it, for I choose all that you will, O Lord.